Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace and Tyler Hudson, where we meet together at the intersection of truth and courage to strengthen the saints to live that victorious, abundant life. We are continuing our study on anger today and hope you will remain with us to learn how you can overcome this besetting sin with the help of God's Word. We hope you will stay with us for the next 15 minutes as Tom and Tyler are going to share how to cease from anger. If we are honest, many of us would have to admit that anger is a sin that often trips us up. It can erupt sometimes with the slightest offense, and we feel bad after we acted in anger. Today's show was originally aired in March of this year, and because we had a lot of positive feedback about those shows, we are replaying them this week. By the way, you can always listen to our shows online and send us your feedback about the broadcast. We always love to hear from our listeners. Here now are our hosts, Tom and Tyler. Uh, three ways we can react to anger. Mm-hmm. All right. Number one, we can some internalize it. Yeah. I think generally, and I, you know, I'm, all women are guilty of that, but generally, you know, wives, you know, what's wrong with you? Nothing. You know? Yeah. And you know something's wrong, but they just internalize that. And uh, men usually react the second way, and they vent. They act on it. You know, yeah. they, they deal with the sin where it's committed. You can internalize it or vent on it. And the third way is to seek a resolve for it, and that is to act uh, to, to seek a spiritual solution. Yes, sir. And so, Tyler, you were starting to break that down for us here today. So, what what's what's the steps there? Yeah. So we really just kind of opened the first box there yesterday, which was to examine expectations. Right? Don't place unnecessary expectations. We all have expectations. You're never not going to have any, but pay attention to the expectations that you put on people. Right? Because if they're unnecessary. And they don't need to be there, and you need to be—you need to leave room for people to be fallible, because we all are. Expectations will bring disappointments, regardless of what you know what you do have. Some are not that important. I mean, let's face it. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> my wife—you know—I'm not going to go to bed with the dishes undone. You know, so well, honey, you're tired. Just go to bed. They'll be there for in the morning. I can't do that. You yeah. know, but expectations sometimes are you know we have on each other Mm -hmm. and we're going to bring disappointment to each other when we have them as you said some are necessary some maybe not so necessary you know I've seen this in generations I remember my parents they would never let certain things slide with us kids I mean we had to be at bed at this time we couldn't eat candy at this time whatever now with grandkids my parents had different expectations you know hey it's okay if we you know Johnny can eat you know, candy afterwards and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. You know, they fill it with sugar, then they send them home. <laughs> but uh, expectations seem to change as you get older. You begin to realize, you know, I was a bit too narrow. I was a little too, you know, over the top with my expectations with my kids. And I learned I don't have to be that way as grandparents. Yeah. You know, you can let some things slide. And so, okay, expectations. Okay, so uh, the second one, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I felt like we've done this kind of the last two weeks but the second one is examine your ways right anger is a is is a problem that you have it's not because of the circumstances around you think about this verse it's hard to see the correlation when I first read it but I understand it a little bit more now Proverbs 16 7 says when a man's ways please the Lord he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him so think about that examine your ways right the Bible says that when your ways are pleasing to God even your enemies 
are at peace with you. So, so if I'm doing and, and living the way that I ought to live, you shouldn't have anger be such something that's so prevalent in your in your life. And so I'm gonna I'm not like I said I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time there because I think we've kind of covered that the last few weeks. The next one is gonna be this: identify the real root of the problem. Very important stuff. Attack the problem, not the people. It's not what was done, but why it was done. Listen to Mark. Listen to Mark chapter seven and verse twenty-one. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, and all these evil things come from within and defile a man. That's very specific. Okay. Now, what, when I read that verse and I think about anger, what that does is, oftentimes you can't see it right now, but anger I'm pointing my finger out at you right now instead of at me right this verse makes me turn the finger around and point it back at myself and say listen anger the root problem as to why I struggle with anger it's a hard issue that I have yeah and so it's very very important to get and understand that I believe a lot of people live in self-deception yeah they project everything on some other you know, other people when I was in Bible college I took of course, my major was uh, theology and missions, but I had a, a very close second major. I could have graduated with two bachelors, actually, there. I should have just done a couple more classes and had two bachelors, but uh, biblical counseling would have been my next um, uh, degree. I learned very quickly that there's Christian counseling and biblical counseling. Christian counseling uses the world's methods and put a Bible skin around it. Yeah. Biblical counseling approaches, you know, your counsel with someone with uh, strictly the way God sees it. Hey, you did it. You're at fault here. Mm-hmm. Why do you do it? Because you're a sinner. But God's got a solution to that. But we put blame right on the shoulders of the person. And what are we looking? We're looking for guilt to do its work. God put guilt in us to show us that was wrong. Yeah. You know, and so now we got to deal with that. You you feel bad? Good. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's a, that's a good step. But in the world's philosophy, the world's counseling, guilt is an enemy. Oh, man, can't have anyone feel guilty. Guilt makes them feel uh, worthless, and, and it helps, you know, it will attack their self-esteem, and we've got to build that up. So we've got to get rid of guilt, and they're always throwing guilt somewhere else. But that's a natural process of us. We want to blame someone else. It's as old as the sin in the garden. Yeah. When God came down, dealt with the first sin, Adam, well, why did you do what you did? Mm-hmm. It was that woman you gave me. So it's the woman's fault and God's fault. Mm -hmm. Your fault, God, you gave me this woman. Yeah. You know, and this woman made me do it. And then you go to the woman. Well, the devil made me do it. Everyone's blaming everybody else. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 17. Sorry, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17. Bread of deceit is sweet to a man. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, when I I read that, it's like, and I was trying to, bread is sweet or deception is sweet to a man. You know, I hate being deceived. I hate it when someone lies to me. You want to talk about anger? That'll get me angry. Mm-hmm. I may not <laughs> act on it, but man, someone deceives and lies to me there. And so, but but the bread of deceit is sweet. When you're deceiving yourself, mm-hmm. it's sweet. It makes you feel good because you're not admitting your guilt and you're wrong. And so, this is a an important and a hard point to deal yeah, with it admitting is. it. But but coming to the realization that of the understanding that anger is is an inward heart issue that you have, I think that's one of the biggest steps a man, a person needs to take in order to get victory over anger. Because if you're reflective, you're never really dealing with the actual problem. You can never fix something in your life until you admit you've got a problem. That's right. 
and it's humbling thing. Oh. But, but but what does the Bible say about humble? He saveth the, yeah. those that are of a contrite and a broken spirit. Yeah. When we admit, man, I did this, and you feel, you should feel rotten about it. Yeah. Anger, getting victory. This isn't even a part of the three. I just thought of this, but really, the only way you're ever going to get victory over anger is it's a surrendering thing. I mean, you're going to have to surrender to the Lord and humble yourself and say, "Listen, Lord, I've got a problem, and I need I need uh, answers for it." So let's keep going here. Uh, dealing with it spiritually, I've got two more things I'm gonna, I want to talk about here. The next one's pretty short, though. Uh, maintain a spirit-filled life. So what are you talking about? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay? Important. So, so, what, so what, are you, what are you saying, Tyler? I'm saying this. You're either walking in the flesh or you're walking in the Spirit. Anger is a result of walking in the flesh. You're never going to be in the Spirit and be angry. I mean, it just, that doesn't, those two things don't go together, right? And so this is why it's so important for us to get up and read our Bible every day and pray every day and spend time with God every day and walk with God every day so that when these trials or, or, or uh, provoking things do happen to you, you know what? God's right there with you. And because yeah. you're, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of things that you can throw at me when I'm in the spirit that do not affect me. But if I'm not, lots of things affect me. Exactly. So true. And that is really, there's so much power in that. If you're not having your daily devotions in the Word, it doesn't mean that you've got to break down the, you know, long Bible studies and stuff. But time just in the Word, it's amazing. Just even brief moments in God's Word and that internalizing in your heart and your mind. God, I want my life to give glory to you today. Help me in everything that comes my way. Amen. Even just a simple thing like that, you start your day with that. And it doesn't have to be a long time of, of in the world. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it's, you know, God just pours blessing into you. But just that moment, when you don't do those things, you're now laid open in the flesh. Because yeah. you're walking in the flesh. That whole day is now living in the flesh. And some people say, well, I have my devotions at night. That's when I put on my armor before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, put on your armor before you face the day. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, go ahead. That's, that's good. Um, and then the last one is a big one. I don't even know if we're going to finish this, honestly, today. I think we might have to talk about it a little bit tomorrow. Um, but th- I think this is one of the biggest ones. Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgive. Oh. Now think about this. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And this is a very important phrase that comes up after that. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Mm. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on there, and I don't even know if I'm if I'm equipped to explain all the parts of even as God, uh, God for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. But let me say this: I see anger, and I see bitterness, and I see forgiveness on all kind of the same lane here. Anger's in the middle, right? And bitterness is where you go when you don't deal with anger in a spiritual sense, and that's bringing you down to where the devil wants you, okay? But to go back towards God, where God wants you to be when you deal with anger, back over here to the left, the right way, is forgiveness. That's, what, that's really the key that a person needs to learn biblically how to do in order to deal with anger in a proper and spiritual way. Now think about this. I'm just going to give you uh, some things here. It says forgiveness is not about restitution. It's about repentance. Now God was willing to reconcile and thus he extended the offer of mercy for what he had done and grace to renew a right relationship with him this is the same spirit that he asked us to have towards those who have wronged us now that's what that verse is talking about there and here's where people get messed up okay 
too many times I want to be the judge. I want to decide if someone is worthy of my forgiveness or not. But the problem with that is, is the Bible has already defined where you're supposed to put forgiveness in. As a matter of fact, Peter goes to, to uh, Jesus, right, and says, Listen, Lord, how many times should I forgive this person, right? Uh, seven times or 70 times? And he says, well, it's actually more like 70 times seven. And basically what Jesus is saying is, in other words, over and over and over and over and over again. And, and this is what people struggle with a lot of times is, is they want to be the judge. They want to draw the line to say, I'll forgive you up to this many points, but if you cross this line, that's it. It's your fault, not mine. And they justify their lack of forgiveness because of that. When forgiveness meets repentance, there's restoration. And I want to say this. We're not going to get it all done today. But forgiveness does not necessarily mean that a relationship is restored. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not, and that's where people get confused because they think, well, if if I forgive someone, that I'm saying it's okay what it is they have done, and that's not necessarily the case. And I'm going to give you a real life example uh, of that. You know, my mother, I, it's, it's a big long story, but you know, I, I grew up a little bit different in different things and kind of was adopted and a lot of different stuff. And so my mom, I had a point where I had to forgive her, and I realized I hadn't. Okay, and I and so I got to a point where I did. I I actually forgave her. And then after that, what I did was I wanted to restore a relationship with her, but she was still doing things that showed me that there wasn't true repentance on the things that she had going on there. And so I I, I realized, although I have forgiven her, I can't have a relationship with her like I want to because that repentance wasn't there. We're going to have to stop there, sadly, but there's some important things that are being said, and we'll pick up on this in tomorrow's broadcast. And Tyler, that's so true. Thank you for sharing that with us there that just because you've forgiven someone doesn't mean that there can be a restoration in a relationship but forgiveness is important in order to deal with our anger all right that's going to be it for today we ask you join us in about 24 hours at the corner of truth and courage god bless you